So just as a, let me remind you this, the kind of the structure where we've at. There are two lines of communication with Heavenly Father. There is a personal line. And we have spent this whole class talking about getting more out of that personal line. How does Heavenly Father speak to me personally? I have every right to communicate with my Father and to receive revelation. But there is also a priesthood line. This church would be chaotic if everything had to come through the personal line. Imagine if the plan of salvation had to come through the personal line and we all had to interpret it for ourselves. Imagine if the structure of the church, scripture came through the personal line. Everyone wrote their own scriptures. It would be chaotic. And so there is a center, there is a, there is a doctrinal center. We have a priesthood line of communication where I don't receive the revelation, but it's for me. And I need to understand the role of priesthood line in communicating with me. I need to understand the role of prophets, seers, and revelators. I need to understand that certain communication comes to a prophet and I am bound to that. I can't all of a sudden say, well, I don't like three kingdoms. I want there to be four. Just because I want four kingdoms of glory doesn't make four kingdoms of glory. That is not how revelation works. There is a priesthood line. And sometimes we go too far on both lines. Let me give you an example. Scripture comes through a priesthood line. But does that mean Scripture doesn't come through a personal line? I hope every one of you have gotten out of this class that I have a right to revelation and that you ought to have your own book of Scripture. Recognizing that it's not binding on other people. I'm not going to quote it. So, Well, let me tell you what it says in Dunford chapter 1, verse 3, and you need to pay attention because that revelation, would that would violate every rule of revelation. But if you only think Scripture comes through the priesthood line, you've missed the point. Scripture for all of us comes through the priesthood line. But Scripture for me comes through the personal line. And so we ought to claim my privilege of the personal line of communication. But understand that there is a priesthood line. And one of the rules you can guarantee anything that comes here that's in violation of this, you are being deceived and misled. And you better be careful. Because nothing will come here. Look at him in a suit. Is approved. Does that mean it? Mean, does that mean what I think it means? Yeah. yeah. So it took what a week, uh, two week weeks. Week and a half. Week and a half. Yeah. So we're we're done. I'm headed to the temple. So just like that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'll miss your class. Didn't mean to interrupt. No, that was the best news I've had today. <laughs> Thank you. That's phenomenal. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just had all of my blessings restored after having left the church Woo! and come back. So yeah! it's all back to exactly how it was. Priesthood, blessings, all of it. So, so if you don't think people come back, you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm a living example. So That journey is one of my favorite journeys. So go to the temple. I'm, go I'm headed to the temple. So you all enjoy class. Bye. We're talking about patriarchal blessings. So. Okay, you'll have to fill me in. Okay. So one of the general rules is, 
If anything comes in a personal line that violates the priesthood line, it's, you know that's against the rules. I will not receive personal revelation that violates what the Lord has declared through a priesthood line. So understanding that connection. Now, if I could be gentle with this, because I think there are some future bishops in this room, stake presidents, you will not receive anything for someone that they are entitled to receive personally. I know bishops can go too far in thinking that that's my revelation. No, 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 it's not your revelation. That is personal revelation. And there's some fuzzy lines and we need to clear up some of those funny, fuzzy lines. And the Lord allows us to, to play with those and to learn and to grow. But understanding the relationship between priesthood and personal is very critical. So today I wanna to focus on, at your request, I wanna focus on something that came through the priesthood line that is very personal. Do you see that unique relationship? You didn't get your own patriarchal blessing. You didn't write it. You received it through the priesthood line, through the proper channels. You had to follow the the requirements, and then it came from a priesthood line officiator. But everything he said was for how many people? Everything out of his mouth for that blessing was for how many people? One. And that's that unique relationship between priesthood and personal. So tonight I want to talk about lessons I've learned from the scriptures and from life about getting more out of your patriarchal blessing. Getting more personal revelation out of a tool that came through a priesthood line. Now every time we do this, I feel like I need to have a preliminary conversation that I've never had with this class. If you've been in other classes, you've heard this conversation many times. Thanks, Dylan. I want to talk about what I call the gold and the clay principle. Everything God does is gold. Everything man does is clay. And everything in the church is a mixture of gold and clay. There is nothing that is all gold. Everything is a mixture of gold and clay. That's how Heavenly Father does the kingdom. He, he, he involves human beings. Let's take the translation of the Book of Mormon, for example. Now, what went into Joseph's head? All gold. But I can't read that. Oh, if I could read that, I would love to read what went into Joseph's head. What came out of Joseph's mouth is what? Mostly gold with now a little bit of clay. What it went into Oliver's ear and out his pen was mostly gold and a little bit more clay. And then we learned from the loss of this 116 pages not to send this to the printer. And so Joe, Oliver's going to repeat, he's going to copy it. So first it was out of Joseph's mouth, into Joseph, Oliver's ear, into Oliver's pen, onto a piece of paper. Were there mistakes? Were there clay? Was there clay that came out? Yes. If we had more time, I'd show you a couple fun ones. We'll save that for another day. 
And then Oliver copies it. Is he going to copy it perfectly? And then we send it to the printer. Is the printer going to print it perfectly? Does the printer enter a few more errors? And then so on and so forth. And so everything is a mixture of gold and clay. And so in your patriarchal blessing, we need to recognize there's a mixture of gold and clay. Can I just, can I show you my patriarchal blessing and show you one of the absolute favorite things about this concept? Let me go to my Doctrine and Covenants. At the end of my Doctrine and Covenants, you will find my patriarchal blessing. Here it is. Now, I want everyone to look at how my name is spelt, my middle name. Now look at my patriarchal blessing. The patriarch misspelled my name. The patriarch misspelled my name. Now, there are some people who at the presence of clay do what? What do some people do when they see any clay at all? They throw out the gold. And other people, bless their hearts, assume that it's all gold. Is it all gold? You can't have human beings involved and have it be all gold. And so I love that there's a typo here because you know what that reminds me of? That it's okay. Just the fact that there's a little clay here doesn't mean there's no gold. So is there going to be some clay in your patriarchal blessing? Well, there's some in mine, a misspelled word. Does it nullify the revelation that came through it? Now, is it possible I don't know how to say this, and I, please understand how, why I'm trying to say this. Was everything out of the patriarch's mouth 100% gold? Does the patriarch's personality have something to do with the blessing? Yeah. Let me show you, when you have time, I want you to go read section 136. Who received section 136? Brigham Young. Now, do we believe God spoke to Brigham Young? But would it surprise you if the wording and the tone and the manner of writing is a little bit different in 136 than all the other sections? It, because why? One is coming through Joseph and one is coming through Brigham. Are they absent their personalities? Does God bypass Joseph? Does he just go right to the piece of paper or does he filter it through Joseph? So when he filters it through Brigham, would you expect it to sound a little bit different? If you had gone to a different patriarch, would it be identical to the one you received? Let's be honest. If another patriarch had given you your blessing, would it be word for word identical because it came completely from Heavenly Father? No, there's the patriarch here. And so I say that because I'm guessing some of you hate parts of your blessing. 
And I'm guessing it's the clay that bothers you in your blessing. But there is clay in everything because Heavenly Father allows human beings to be involved. I'm not going to throw out my patriarchal blessing because there's a misspelled word. My dad's patriarchal blessing forgot the one, the first time the patriarch forgot the one thing you have to say. There's one thing you have to say. If you don't, you get another patriarchal blessing. So my dad went in the first time and the patriarch forgot. That's a very clay-like thing to do, right? Heavenly Father certainly didn't forget. Heavenly Father didn't not know what tribe my dad was from. The patriarch just forgot. Now, does that nullify the revelation, the gold in my dad's blessing? Do you see why we need to, if anytime we're going to talk about a divine document that you're going to spend your whole life looking at, I feel like I need to have that preliminary discussion that everything that God does involves human being and that mixes in a little clay. And you need to be comfortable with the clay. My father-in-law gave my wife and all of my children their blessings. And when I read them, guess what I hear? I know him. I've known my father-in-law for over 30 years. I know his thinking. I know his manner of speech. I know what he has. And guess what? I read him all throughout the blessing. Does it nullify my blessing that I don't hear some of those things in my blessing that were very kind of him? Some of you may have received a blessing from a very simple patriarch. Some of you may have received a very flowery blessing that goes on and on for pages. Some of you may have had a single page. Some of you may have four pages. Now, is there gold in that? Absolutely. Is there clay in that? Absolutely. And be okay with the clay. My patriarch was a very simple man. And I have a pretty simple blessing. There's mine. Can I show you my daughter's? Which one is the longer one? There it is. This is my son's. Okay? That's my son's. Mine is relatively simple. And I love that. And I've grown to not resent that I had a simple patriarch because I love that there's a little bit of him and a little bit of Heavenly Father. So learn to appreciate the clay. The second thing I want to say is we've talked about some incredible rules of revelation. The funny thing is people, you know, most of you sat there and said, yeah, I believe that. I believe these rules. And then you pick up your patriarchal blessing and you completely forget the rules of revelation. You have to hold your blessing to the same standard. Now tell me what we learned in the rules of Revelation. What were some of the highlights that you learned? Heavenly Father does not tell you everything. Remember the whole balance was how much is me and how much is him. When is it all him? When is Revelation all him? I like your silence. That's very, I like that. When is it all him? When it can't be me. Usually in a very high dangerous position, right? 
How about writing scripture? Should it be me or him? Should be him, right? But those moments are rare, aren't they? Now, when is it all me? Usually it's what? So if you think, if you expect your patriarchal blessing to cover everything Heavenly Father would have you know, guess what? You're going to be disappointed. That is not how revelation works. You need to hold it to the same standards in the rules of revelation. There are things in your blessing that the patriarch felt very strongly needed to be included. But that doesn't mean what he left out isn't important. How many of you have a blessing that says nothing about spouse or children? How many of you have a blessing that says very, very little about spouse and children? Now, does that, did you, were you tempted to think, well, does that mean I'm not going to get married and have children? A little bit, I'll bet, I'll bet when you got that blessing, when, when, the, when he said amen, your, your reaction was probably what? Oh, that's all? Tell me more. Now, look, she's married. And she found a fabulous husband. And so did the Lord need to tell her a lot about marriage and family? So will you understand that? Will you understand that not everything that the Lord thinks is important is in your patriarchal blessing? Don't minimize it for what it doesn't say. If I could draw, I, I wish I could draw this more eloquently, but here is the canon of Scripture, and here is your patriarchal blessing. They are not intended to be exclusive. If it's not in here, where will you find it? Here. Understand that? If it's not in here, it's in here. And that's okay. Not everything was intended to be in your patriarchal blessing. Okay, number three. We need to understand one of those rules of revelation as it reveals, as it relates to printed document scripture. Let me point out a couple patterns. Let me just show you a pattern. Lehi has an incredible dream, right? Imagine a piece of paper that Nephi is studying. What's in Nephi's hand is his dad's version of the dream. Turn with me to 1 Nephi chapter 11. Tell me what Nephi's doing. Tell me there's a pattern here. What does Nephi have in his hand? First Nephi, Book of Mormon, first Nephi chapter 11. Nephi has his dad's version of the dream in his hand. Now tell me what he's doing. Tell me what he's doing. Verse one, for it came to pass that I had desired to know the things that my father had seen and believing that the Lord was able to make them known, I sat pondering. I want to know, I believe, and I sat pondering. Now, what's he pondering? Tell me what he's pondering. What's in his hand? 
the document in his hand. He's pondering the document in his hand and what happens. He receives, does he receive a vision of a tree and a rod and a building and a river? No. He receives an expanded version of what was printed. That's a small version, Nephi. Now let me show you a bigger, broader application. Do you see the pattern? I'm studying a piece of paper in my hand and receiving personal revelation that's bigger and broader. Let me show that to you again. I can show you this so many times. Turn with me to the the revelation we call the three degrees of glory. The three degrees of glory. Can anyone tell me how the three degrees of glory came? Go to section 76, Doctrine and Covenant 76. Let me show you. You got to go to the section heading. Let's read the section heading. Tell me what Joseph has in his hand. What does Joseph have in his hand? Tell me what he has in his hand. Oh, is it the Abraham? Nope, not yet. He has the Bible. He is specifically, he has the New Testament. And he has the New Testament. And as he's reading the New Testament, something doesn't make sense. Remember that as you read your patriarchal blessing. Something in the scriptures doesn't make sense. That's bothering me. I hope there's a portion of your blessing that bothers you. There is in mine. There was in Joseph's hand, the scriptures had something that bothered him. What bothered him in the scriptures? How can heaven include every good person? That doesn't make sense. Heaven can't include, heaven can't be one place. And as he's pondering the document that doesn't make sense to him, what happens? Three degrees of glory vision. The three degrees of glory vision. Now, let me just, let me show you the pattern. Remember the pattern we saw here? Let's look at verse uh, 19. While we meditated upon these things, the Lord touched the eyes of our understanding and they were open. Can you see where I'm going with this? I hope you can kind of see where I'm going with this. Joseph had a document in his hand. He's pondering it and he receives a broad revelation. One more time. I just got to show you this pattern over and over and over again. Turn to section 138. The great vision of his nephew of the spirit world. Joseph had a vision of the degrees of glory. His nephew has a vision of the spirit world. What prompted it? Now, first of all, they're coming out of, he's living in what time period? 1980 was the last major world pandemic. And those of you who just survived one can appreciate what they must have gone through without today's technology. The church members were dying. Joseph has family members who are dying. One of his sons died. They're living through a period of major death because of a pandemic. So what what does Joseph F. have in his hand? Section 138, tell me what he has in his hand. 
Specifically, the writings of Peter. He has Peter in his hand. Look at this. Where was he reading? My mind reverted to the writings of the apostle Peter. And he was thinking about the third and fourth chapters of the first epistle. What's in his hand? A document is in his hand and he's doing what? Eleven. What's he doing? As I pondered over these things. What things? The things in his hand. What happened? The eyes of my understanding were opened. You're seeing it, right? Why do you have a patriarchal blessing? Is it a piece of paper that contains all the revelations you're going to need for the rest of your life? That would be preposterous to think that's what it is. I received mine when I was 16. I'm 54. There is no way that document contained all the revelations I've needed for the rest of my whole life coming up on 40 years worth. So why did I get it at 16? Why don't, why do we get one patriarchal blessing? Do you see? It's not what's written on the paper that matters the most. What matters the most is to give you a document to do what? Ponder. When you pull out that document, tell me what you're saying to Heavenly Father. Every time I pull out my patriarchal blessing, tell me what I'm saying to Heavenly Father. I need more. I need something here. And this is my springboard. This is where I go to read and ponder when I'm seeking revelation for my life. And I don't necessarily expect it to be on the page. But as I ponder the things that are written, the eyes of my understanding are going to be opened. The best blessing that has come from my patriarchal blessing isn't what's written on the page, but what comes to me when I open it up and ponder it. I need a document that's about me and God. There isn't a chapter in the Book of Mormon that I can turn to that is as powerful as my patriarchal blessing. That's how to use it. It's not so much what's written on the page. It's what comes as you read what's written on the page. Let me give you one more example because we have been butchered by critics who don't understand that concept. When Joseph Smith was in Kirtland, he bought some mummies. The mummies came with a parchment, a scroll. Joseph Smith declared that it was the writings of Abraham. And Joseph Smith produced a book of scripture. Now, what was the assumption? Here's the scroll. And here's I'll make plates. Here's the book of Abraham. Now, what does the whole world assume? 
that Joseph Smith translated what was on here and printed it. It's an easy assumption, right? That what was on the scroll is Abraham chapter 1, 2, 3, 4. And then we found the scroll, at least a good portion of it. And we've learned enough Egyptian to translate it. And guess what we have discovered? It's not the same. What's on the scroll is nowhere near what's in the book of Abraham. And all the critics cried foul, right? Joseph was a fraud. Unless you understand what concept. Tell me what this is. Is this a translation of that scroll? It is not. What is this? This is a revelation that Joseph Smith received when he was doing what? Pondering the document. As Joseph was pondering the document, he received a revelation. We do not claim that the book of Abraham is a word-for-word -word translation from Egypt to English of what we now have in the book of Abraham. We claim the scroll was the catalyst that brought a revelation. And that's what's printed in the scriptures. So tell me what you have in your hand. I have, I should have brought it in. I meant to bring it in. I have a double-sided piece of paper. And I love it. But what is most valuable to me? What this says? Or what I receive as I ponder what this says? Now, here's my encouragement. Ready? Put your, put your patriarchal blessing in your scriptures. And then create a notebook. And maybe title your notebook, My Patriarchal Blessing. And you write in that notebook every revelation that comes to you as you ponder your patriarchal blessing. Now, by the time you hit my age and you're 54, what should be the length? My, 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 patriarchal, my patriarchal blessing is still two pages. It was when I was 16. In fact, not one of the pages, not one of the words has changed. I was kind of hoping it'd be like the Liahona that I'd come back to it and the paragraphs would change. You know, there was a different writing on the side of the Liahona constantly. And I've, I've often pondered, if I go back and read my patriarchal blessing at age 30, did the Lord just secretly change the words? And guess what? Not one of the words has been changed since I received them when I was 16. So I still have two pages of this document. But how many pages would you guess of my journal of the revelations that have come as I've sought answers for my life here in this blessing? Much more than a page. And I think that's how to get more out of your patriarchal blessing is to understand that it is a springboard to the revelations. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is the text on the page. How to use the text on the page. And I will admit, 
I have made major life decisions based on the text of this page. The text and the revelation that came. I am making a major life decision right now based on the text of this page. I believe Heavenly Father said some very, very significant things to you in that blessing. And I believe as you read it, the Spirit will tell you at this moment of life, at this moment in time, which lines have significant meaning today. I made a decision based on a line, two lines that were given to me when I was 16 years old. I felt Heavenly Father gave me then direction when I was in my early 20s that would guide my life for the rest of my life. So I recognize that the revelations that have come to me since this document was given have been more valuable than the document, but that doesn't diminish that there are these golden nuggets in my blessing that I go to. Now, here's the amazing thing. If I were to just kind of, if I were to just zoom that out and there was a time when those two lines were the most important. Go about five years later. And what happens? Tell me what happens in your life. Five years later, it's not those two lines. It's that line or that line. And the brilliance of what Heavenly Father gave me starts to appear when, when I was 60, when I was in my 20s, it was that line. Now that I'm in my 50s, it's something that was said here. And that's why I would go, but that's why I think you should go back to your document again and again and again. You should go back every time you need revelation for your personal life. Now, if I want to understand Melchizedek, I, wrote, I read the scriptures that talk about Melchizedek. If I want to understand Abraham, I read the scriptures that talk about Abraham. If I need revelation about Bryce Dunford, what document do I pull out to springboard into a revelation about Bryce Dunford? Now, do I believe that I can pull out First Nephi and springboard into revelation? Absolutely, I do. But if I'm going to pull out any document at all to springboard into a revelation for me, which one do I pull out? And I'm looking for two things. What am I looking for? Tell me what I'm looking for. What's in the text that will guide me in this moment right now? And what comes as I read the document? What is my 1 Nephi 11, 12, and 13, and 14? What is my vision of the spirit world? What is my vision of the degrees of glory? What comes as I read it? Those two concepts, I think, make this a living document. What does the text say right now? And what do I receive as I read the text? And I'll admit, there are days I don't get anything out of the text itself. There are days the text itself has tremendous meaning. I am, 
I'm in a unique situation. My wife didn't get her patriarchal blessing until after we were married. And then she went to her dad for her blessing. And her blessing talks very much about me. And now I have two documents to read. It is fascinating to hear Heavenly Father talk to your wife about you. And so that springboards, those paragraphs in her blessing that talk about me have springboarded into more revelations about what I need to do to be her husband than anything else I've read. Now, put all these together. See that your blessing has a little golden clay in it. And don't minimize the gold because there might be a little bit of a clay. Apply all the rules of revelation. The Lord is not going to take away my agency. And I get to choose. I did not, God did not make my career path for me. God did not choose my career path. I chose. Now, did I use revelation and some lines in my patriarchal blessing to make that decision? Absolutely, I did. But the difference was, I wasn't reading my blessing to say, tell me what to do, Heavenly Father. Tell me what to do. I went to my blessing saying, here's what I'm going to do. Now, can you help confirm that? Now, is there a line in your text that will confirm it? And do you receive a revelation because of the text that confirms it or pushes you in a different direction? I hope you'll understand that this document is gold. And it serves a dramatic purpose and it needs to hold a prominent place in your life. I hope it's not just stuffed into a corner or into a shelf and it's something that you got once. I hope it's something you refer to repeatedly. Every time I want to study what Heavenly Father wants Bryce Dunford to know, I go to the piece of paper that talks about Heavenly Father and Bryce Dunford. And the text has brought me some great light. And the revelation has brought some great light. The text has brought me some great concerns. There are lines in my blessing that really bother me. And I still can't tell you what they mean, but I can tell you a whole lot of what I've done to make sure they don't come true. true. Maybe it was a warning that I heeded enough to avoid. If that's the case, then I might look at section 123 as Oliver Cowdery's patriarchal blessing, and it included a line like, beware of pride. Maybe section 24 is a bit of Joseph Smith's blessing that says, in temporal things, you're not going to be strong. There's a line in my blessing that really bothers me. And maybe it's there for the very purpose that I make sure I don't go down that path. I have lived my life having read that bless, that line over and over again, and I remember it constantly because there's a line I want to avoid. And here's a line I want to follow. What a tool this is. If you will make it a tool. Love the text, love the gold, love the clay. 
but most especially love the revelation that comes as you ponder the text. That is pages and pages, not two. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.